that's a growler. Hello, and welcome to the NeverEnding Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and not a surprise, the movie The NeverEnding Story. I'm Thomas Howitt. And I'm Trini Steele. Today on The NeverEnding Minute, we are talking about Minute 10. Minute 10 starts with Bastian approaching the inadequately hidden book, and it ends with him running or reaching toward a door in his school. I'm sorry, after running through the hallway of his school. <laughs> He stops in front of a doorway, and at first I thought he was reaching to open it, but I don't know. Something else might be going on here. Maybe. (laughs) So, um, you'd mentioned before that you thought Coriander said his name and asked what he could do. What he actually says right here is, oh yes, what can I do for you? I was very proud of myself. I went through and wrote out his half of the conversation. I did too. (laughs) And it is very... (laughs) This is why we're podcast hosts. It's right for a rare book dealer. I was so happy. Even at that day and age, I thought that was a bit expensive for that time. Like 30 nope, years ago? No. Nope. 40 uh, years ago, however long it was. Because I have... All right, let's compare notes. Let me know if you have anything different. Oh, yes. What can I do for you? No, no. I don't have it, but I could find it for you. Well, they're around or they run. I wasn't sure. Uh, 300, 375... Might take me a couple of weeks. Goodbye. Yep, that's exactly what I had. Yes! We did it! <laughs> um, yeah, for a rare book, 300, 375. I mean, obviously, we don't know what the book is. True. So when I say a rare book, that could encompass freaking anything. Right. But a $375 book does not shock me. Now, do you days. hear this weird background noise as he's talking? I don't know if it's supposed to be like him typing in a register or a calculator or something, or if it's supposed to be Bastion making the noise, but there's a really odd background noise that sounds like it's in the wrong place. Huh. I didn't. It's right during that conversation as the, as we're zooming in on the book. You know, I think it's because I was concentrating so hard on what he was saying. <laughs> I did not. Leave, leave it to me to find the weird sounds that nobody yep. else seems to notice. Yeah. And I, we don't. And the thing is, it's so quiet. And then the music starts when you zoom in on the book. Right. So I think maybe that was distracting. But you're right, because it's not silent while he's talking on the phone. There's a little bit of noise, and then, like, the music just starts, and then it... Yeah, it sounds almost like he's supposed to be typing out, like, calculating the price, but mm. it just seems like it's coming from the wrong space, if that was the case. No, and it what it really should be, actually, is a pen-scratchy noise of him writing down what he's right. got to find for this person, because he'd be taking down the details. Right. I don't know. And, like, you know, who it's for, and... I mean, clearly this is someone he's worked with before because he doesn't yeah. have to ask their contact information or their payment information or anything. He doesn't need, and he probably, I mean, he already knows what book the person's talking about. Right. So I, don't, I don't know, but I was just so pleased to know that he's actually a legitimate businessman <laughs> and not just sitting there reading for plot reasons. Right. Like, he's, he's got stuff to do. <laughs> Definitely. We have our first view here of the book. No, well, not hidden. Before we have that, oh. we have our 
last great look of Bastian choosing the life of a thief. Oh my gosh. When Do you see the way he looks up? towards the book and glances up to make sure Coriander isn't going to see him. He gives is, devil eyes. Oh yeah. He <laughs> is. He is ready to embark on his life of crime. And it's another great moment. And then I went a little crazy trying to figure out what was on the newspapers. <laughs> You're so the funny because I did the same thing. It's, um, well, were you able to figure out what the, and I say this with the absolute quotation marks around it, hiding the book, newspaper says? No, I saw just that it said the post, and that was all I caught on it. But it's um, not the post. Washington Business. Oh, is it Washington? Okay, it's definitely O-N at the end of that word. And then business. It's G-T-O-N business post. Oh, okay. 100. I missed the T. All right. So yeah, post 100. The 100 is probably like a listicle that's the main article on that one right. from the way the font is. Yeah. Any idea what that is? Oh, so Washington business. I like it. And then I said, I can't make out the papers underneath. The print is right for the New York Times, but it clearly isn't the New York Times because it's got that chart at the top of the front page, which I believe is stock prices. Right. And then the headline underneath I could only get, like, half words. Exactly. But they're perfect for the 80s. They are four more. And then recent funding seeks money and debtor nation. <laughs> this is the most 80s movie ever made. And we haven't even gotten to any puppets yet. <laughs> oh, I was going nuts, though, trying to figure out if those were made for the movie or if they were I think just... they were just grabbed from a financial section of a newspaper. They look too nice, though, for it. I almost wonder if these were runoff for the movie. Maybe. So that it you could be... Well, and you know how a lot of times in movies when you zoom in, it's gibberish? Right. Like, it's just to look like it? These don't look like this. These look like all words, which would lend towards your theory. <laughs> I mean, the Post is a, a definitely an actual newspaper um, print. You can see in the way it's printed out and stuff. So I don't see why they wouldn't just go ahead with that and grab a full newspaper and... and have it there. See, I want to know if that's really the thing, though, because... I tried to find the date on there. I really did. <laughs> Washington Business Post. The Washington Post Business. I want to see what font they use for their main... Yeah, it's the right fo- font on post. Huh. Ooh, that's tricky. So that could be from the... Yeah, there are no dates. Believe me. There's there's <laughs> lettering that looks like it could be the date, and I could not get this big enough to read it, or it's yeah. not focused enough to read it. Um, but what is in focus is Bastian looks down at the book before we switch to the view of the book and the newspapers that we're obsessing on. I just have to give a shout out. We um, You mentioned in a previous minute a lot of the books are facing away from us. We're yes. seeing the pages, not the spine. And we get a couple spines that we see on the top of the pile to the left of Bastion. And there is beautiful gold leaf tooling on them. But oh. did you notice that while we do get to see the spines, we still do not get to see any writing on them? No. No, it's just decorative. <laughs> it's very pretty. <laughs> um, and I want you to note, just to make you really happy, I'm sure, how close the ashtray is to all the books and papers. Yeah, this this desk brings me great sadness. Now, why does he need? Well, I I've never smoked a pipe. I didn't know you used an ashtray with a pipe necessarily, but I don't. I mean, you don't while smoking, but you need a place to put it down. True. 
And at the end, you tap the ashes out of the thing. Yeah. The, the actual bowl. So I guess it makes sense that you would do that into an ashtray if you weren't, like, outside. True. And then if you have to have the ashtray anyway, great. Now I have a place to put this down that I know is, like, safe to put it down. So I'm guessing that's why. Although, again, I am on my high horse about this pipe. Understandably. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Speaking of books, you'll be very excited to hear what I did on my weekend. Okay. I was very busy and I started reading The NeverEnding Story. Congratulations. I, you know, I I hired you on to this project as a book expert and, and I was not realizing that. Really scared you were going to let me down there for a minute. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. And I mean, I'd I'd like to think I've been bringing the expert on books, but now this particular book, the one you actually are interested in, um, it's really funny. It is a slightly different edition, but it's the same artwork as the one I had growing up. Okay. And, one thing that I just wanted to give a shout out is the cover of this. It has Bastian wearing a striped polo shirt. And with his hair and that shirt in this illustration, it's just the most glorious late 70s thing I've ever seen. Awesome. But then I turned it over and the copyright for the cover illustration is 1997. Hmm, I wonder if so, they're just trying to evoke the it, same feeling from it. Exactly, because it's from 1979, so I wonder if they were just like, this feels right. (laughs) Um, But yes, I started reading, so it's very great. I was excited to see that the, why don't you give him a punch in the nose line (laughs) is in the book as well. Right. Um, Coriander is not spelled like the spice, but I'm probably going to continue to do that in my notes, because now I'm in the habit of it. (laughs) (laughs) And I do have a note from the book, but not quite yet, because we are too busy, like I said, embarking on a life in crime. So do you want to talk about the actual, literal book, The never Yes, story? I would love to. Go all for right, it. So, um, first of all, we that music cue is back. You hear the musical note saying, okay, this is where we're going. This is the <laughs> fantasy. The story is starting. Um, This is really important. Focus and pay attention, which we do. We see the book in front of us. The first thing I have about it is that it says the never-ending story, but the ending is not capitalized in this version. I have that note, too. (laughs) I'm sorry. We're, like, so in sync on this minute. I I know. (laughs) Um, One of the other notes I have is this is a single-colored Orin, as opposed to the dual-colored Orin that um, will later be shown with a tray wearing or wearing it, so the books books orange just has one color, and the the dual color is important more in the book where um, you find out one's black and one's white, and that becomes important later on. But it is shown in the movie as being two different colors. So the orange is a u r y n, and it's actually an I I listened to the pronunciation, but it's not the way I thought it was because I would say Ouroboros. But it's an Ouroboros. Ouroboros? Which is the snake eating itself, never ending. I have a link to the Wikipedia page that has the whole history. But now that I'm actually talking on a podcast, I don't find it nearly as interesting as I did when I was researching. (laughs) So just look up O-U-R-O-B-O-R-O-S if you want to know more. There's a great history on the different cultures that have used it. But this is a fantasy story, so they're not actually very relevant. Cool. The more important piece of trivia is that 
Scully gets a tattoo of an Ouroboros in the X Files episode Never Again, and oh my I goodness. kind of That's a deep always cut. wanted that tattoo if I was going to get one. But I I don't know because I'm a painless. <laughs> well, it's worth noting that the movie's um, Ouroboros is different. It's two snakes, right? Not it's one. It, and it's different than the one that's used in the book. The book is more of a circle, whereas mm-hmm. this one's more of an intertwined, almost not like. It's design. almost Celtic naughty, not like, but it's not quite right. But I guess they wanted to make it more visually interesting than just a circle so that it's more recognizable. Um, he does use a bookmark like he's supposed to. I don't know if you have that note. He's got a nice tied bookmark, a ribbon bookmark. Now, see, I do have that note, but what I have is it has one of those stupid ribbon bookmarks. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Any bookmark is better than no bookmark. Well, no, 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 no. Any bookmark is better than folding and permanently damaging the page. Okay. I am not a fan of very thick bookmarks, because those can also mess up the spine. And I have, ever since I was a child, like, literally since I started reading, I have hated those ribbon bookmarks, because you cannot remove them cleanly. Well, Which means you always have to find a place for them to live. It. What do you mean? This may be a separate bookmark, though. It might not be part... It might be one of the ones that has a... A slide that goes into the book's binding and then folds over with the ribbon down into the book. It's attached. Those are attached to the book, though. I've it's seen them unattached it- as well. Like it's like a metal slide that goes right into the spine. You just slide it in there and then fold your ribbon down where you want it as well. So you can take it out and put it on other books. Yep. I've never seen one of those, and I'm trying. Usually, to the sli- out the metal parts like ornate in some design. Is. It's that, usually not not large. It's usually like maybe a quarter of an inch wide or something like that that you just slide down into the yeah. spine and then fold the ribbon over. But that depends on because it assumes you're going to get a gap between the actual spine, right? And the and the um. I mean, I like that as a removable. You know, I I like that that's an option. Right. I just always hated it. I've never seen one that wasn't like it's glued into the spine. Right. Then it frays on the bottom, and I'm kind of OCD about that. And it, but but it starts fraying on the bottom. But what are you supposed to do, other than put clear nail polish on it so it doesn't keep doing that? But well, you can always that do the, off after a while. Uh, you can always do the guy's version and take a lighter to it. <laughs> oh well, I guess I guess there's the gender divide right there. Right. <laughs> How do you prevent fraying? <laughs> Yeah, they always drove me insane because they would start fraying, and it's just kind of dirty. And I always had, like, cool paper bookmarks that I wanted to use, but yep. this one has one. And it does, over time, it, it cause deformation in the spine. I could definitely see that. So I want to note here that the seduction is complete. <laughs> um, and, again, it's cued in with the musical notes. that, And we zoom into the book, like, all the way into the book saying... This is where we really begin. The rest of it isn't that important, and this is what we. This is where we go forward. Mm-hmm. So, moving on from the book, my next note you'll really like. I think your pictures are revealed. Yes, but <laughs> I was wrong. These might not even be Scottish at all. No, they look rather uh, British. Yes, I mean, in my defense, 
not that far off. I mean, not, like, crazy far off. But, yeah, I believe these are British. They look late 1700s, 1800s uniform prints. I still maintain I have seen these sorts of things before. I have definitely seen ones like this where the one on the left is what I thought was, like, the guy has one leg up so it's showing off the kilt pattern so you can see what the tartan is clearly. But I was wrong. And it's only made up to me because I love this window, this room he's in. I don't think we got a good sense of it before. We could see that it existed, but here it's light, it's airy, you're seeing the green through the giant beautiful window. It's really nice, and it even almost distracted me from wondering why the books on the bookcase in this room have call number spine labels on them. And why he would leave them exposed to the sun. Well, if he's stolen these from a library, maybe he doesn't care about them. (laughs) True. Now, uh, in his defense for exposed to the sun, well, obviously, yes, that direct sunlight is not good. If those are library books, if those are reference books, if those are not rare books that he's concerned about, maybe, you know, like, maybe he's not worried about that. Maybe those are, like, his books that he's using... Maybe they have, like, pricing information, because this would have been pre-internet, so there were books published with, these books are worth this. This change makes it worth this much more, or this much less. <laughs> right. A whole industry that doesn't exist anymore um, of pricing books. And I wonder, I, I, I mean, they don't all look like that. They just look like a mishmash of books. But there was a little part of me that's like, maybe this is, you know, this looks just more working collection. And the fact that it's in this separate room where the phone right. is and not out with the other books. I'm like, all right, maybe these are his books and he's not as concerned about any potential damage. Yeah, so he, he gets off the phone and he turns around and he knows he sees Bastion <laughs> leaving and he gets the knowing smile. This is not a surprise to him as cued in by my... The knowing smile and he nods. <laughs> he knew this was going to happen. He's satisfied that it did and... He knows that he did his job properly, I think. And as I pointed out last night, his transformation, 100%, Mr. Coriander is the Wendy Peppercorn of the story. (laughs) For other Sandlot fans, you know, you know. (laughs) Yes. So we get this nice slow pan down, so we do get to see a few more details on his desk. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you have any thoughts on the lamp that you had mentioned before now that you can see it better? I don't. It's a cool lamp. Um, it's bigger than, I had compared it to, like, a piano lamp before, and it is bigger than those. It's got the three distinct bulbs in it, so it's, it's nice. I like it, but I didn't really have any strong feelings about it. Now, what about this picture down in the left-hand corner of the guy with the huge beard? Any uh, thoughts okay, on that? because I still could not work out. All right, so do we have any theories on who this is? I have no idea, but something tells me it might be important. I just don't know why. Well, wait, what second are you looking at? Because I could not get a good... Second 31 is the best I can see. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. The beard and the mustache are separate, but and, and that does look like a Fez or Fez-like hat. Right, it looks almost like a Russian cap. Yes, and the beard seems right for that. But the cheekbones don't. Well, and who is this supposed to be? Because so I, I was able to confirm in the book, The Never Ending Story, I haven't hit any 
actual dates yet, but it does seem very much set in the modern era for its time. Like, it's not set in the past like I thought it was, because I was talking crazy. Um, So I don't know who this picture... You know, it's an older picture. I don't know who it's supposed to be. Probably some famous writer or something like that. But it's a framed photo on his desk. Now, if we're going to go with my crazy theory... What if it's the, what was the guy's name? The man in the mountain? Who does, who repeats the story to her over and over again? The end of the book, she goes to the, the, the guy oh, that repeats the story over and over again. God, um, I don't remember. Give me a second, I'll look it up. Okay. Um, I will say as we get this pan down, I'm, I'm liking this desk more. I still think he shouldn't be smoking in that room, but I just, Actually, no, I think it's still, I love the room next to it because I love the window between the two rooms and we see an airmail envelope, which again, tracks for rare book dealer in America in the mid or early mid eighties. Sorry, I'm just delighting in all these little details. I'm so glad you figured out it was the Washington Post. There's just... And yeah. if you look at these books that we actually get a super close up on, again, you see that all the words are gone. Yep. But I don't think they've been, like, airbrushed out. I think they just found books that didn't have writing on the spines. Right. Or at least writing you couldn't read anymore. Maybe the picture right. references the person that the Empress tricks into looping the never-ending story. Sebastian figures out who he is in the book. That he's mm-hmm. the important one that she needs. I don't know. Well, and I... So I'm willing to go along with your... The childlike Empress makes the phone ring. Because... I get, you know, he's reading the book. He doesn't look surprised. Mr. Coriander knows what's going on. Clearly, we've just, uh, we've just confirmed that. But my problem is he has an actual conversation with someone who wants to order a book with him. True. So I don't think it's as mystically inclined. Like, I think she just planted the seed in this person's mind. Like, oh, I should call today before I forget. Yeah, I can, get, I can definitely get behind that. Okay, so the clockmaker theory instead of yes. the micromanager theory. All right, right, I like it. Because he could have just been like, oh, yes, what can I do for you? And then, like, we could have just gotten, like, very generic, oh, okay, sure, I'll get right back to you. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, just long enough for Bastion yeah. to do his thing. I very much enjoy Bastion's note, which says, oh, don't yes. worry, I'll return your book, which is freaking adorable. And it's a mix of capitals and lowercase letters within the same word with no punctuation. Oh, which drives me a little bit crazy. Yeah, and you'd think he's made such a big deal out of being such a careful bookish person yes, that I was kind of surprised lot. there wasn't punctuation. I feel like there's a word for when you mix capitals and lowercase letters. I don't remember what it is, and I wasn't sure how to put that into Google to get the answer. <laughs> Because it's such a weird thing to be searching for. But if anyone knows what that's called, let me know. Because I just think that's fascinating. I had a boss who wrote all in capitals. Like, I, I, not that he didn't know how to make lowercase letters. He just didn't. That was his handwriting. I write in all capitals as well. And there's probably a reason your boss did. Um, if he was in the military, that's how you're taught to write in the military for all your logbooks. So that everybody can read it without having to decipher handwriting. So you're taught to write in all capitals. He's an actor. 
actor, so no. <laughs> okay, well, I know that's why I do it. Well, if if you want to feel fancy, supposedly that's a sign of high intelligence. So oh. you can pretend that's why. I'll have to definitely pretend because the Lord knows I'm not the smartest guy. <laughs> no, no. Um, I tend to actually. I wonder if it's a military thing. When I am worried about when I do logs at work, I have to write out people's names, and I always do all capitals. And so, what would actually be capital is big. And then smaller all capitals for the name because I'm worried, you know, but I don't do that for like our office because you're not going to mix up the words New York and Boston. But when it comes to names, because it could be spelled, however, I mean, you're talking to a tyranny here. (laughs) I'm very like precise of, so I have really bad handwriting. I connect a lot of my letters so I'm used to getting told, I can't read this. So I'm very careful on names. Right. But I'm very uncareful on literally everything else. So <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that it was within the same word. Maybe he's making up for the fact that the book isn't capitalized correctly. <laughs> <laughs> they knew we needed some random capitals and tried to indulge us. There we go. So we have a smash cut, and I just wanted to very quickly mention something from the book because I really loved... So Bashing steals the book, runs out of the bookstore. Well, we hear him run out of the bookstore. In the book, it says, he had stopped running. Walking slowly, he saw the schoolhouse at the end of the street. Without thinking, he was taking his usual route to school. He passed a few people here and there, yet the street seemed deserted. But to a schoolboy arriving very, very late, the world around the schoolhouse always seems to have gone dead. And I just have to give a shout out to Michael Ende because that is 100% true. Yes, and beautifully written. Oh, anytime you visited your, you were outside your school while it was in session, do you feel like the... Yes, (laughs) feels very otherworldly. Oh man, it's such a weird, such a distinct feeling. So I loved that he included that. But we don't get that in the movie. No, what we get instead is... That Bastion must have been completely terrified the whole time, and I doubt that he stopped running for an instant, because the book is still underneath his sweater. He didn't take the time to put it into his book bag. No, he's carrying it under his sweater and running as awkwardly as humanly possible. I have a question on that. I do have the note, I love how incredibly awkward having the book under his sweatshirt is, because A, Coriander knows who stole it. There's no, even though he left the note saying he'd return it, And it's not like anyone else could have taken it. B, who else would care that he has the book other than Coriander or assume that it's stolen if he was walking down the street with it? Yes. C, it's way more obvious something is wrong by having it under (laughs) his shirt like this. I was was once again brought to the thought that uh, the adults in this neighborhood don't give a crap about anything they see. No. And D, (laughs) when did he put it under his shirt? His sweatshirt was zipped up in the bookstore. Did he unzip his shirt to put it in there? Did he have to zip it up? We didn't hear that. Did he run out of the bookstore, put the shirt under, or put the book under his sweatshirt, and then start running? This makes no sense. He's the most undiscreet thief in the world. Yes, he brought more attention to himself than just walking away would have for sure. 100%. <laughs> his life of crime may have began, but that doesn't mean he's really good at it yet. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. So Bastion is running through the hallways of the school, and it does look great, but I I have to knock myself 
when I was a kid watching this movie, I thought Dashing was younger. I thought he was more like eight or nine. There are lockers. This is definitely middle school. You yes. are correct. But in my defense, there is a lot of artwork on the walls that reads younger. A so lot. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if this is one of those schools that goes through. Cause like my husband went to a school that went through. Oh no, wait, they changed it. But I know there are schools that go like kindergarten through six. Right. Or one through seven or one through eight or something. And then you just go straight to high school. So I'm wondering if this is a mixed school. Well, see, that's where, where our different, gosh, I can't, geography is, I guess. Let me say that again. Now, what I, uh, my gosh, can't talk. Now, I think this is where our different geographies and where we grew up comes into play because I know where I'm from, school is generally kindergarten through sixth grade, then seventh and eighth for middle school. And high school is 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. And I know oh. that it is not the case on the East Coast where I live now, where you have 1 K through, five, through 5. Yeah, K through 5. Then you have 6, 7, 8, and then high school. I'm going to take a not even tangent, just a sentence. Dear universe, middle school, junior high, whatever you call it, that's the worst idea ever. And it <laughs> is, it's not swearing. It's hell on earth. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That doesn't count as swearing because I am describing a place of torture. <laughs> Let's take the 11, 12, and 13 year olds and isolate them with their peers. Yeah, that'll be great. That won't just rebound. I mean, I assume it's because no one wants to deal with 11, 12, and 13 year olds. So it's better for society if they're locked away together. But yeah, <laughs> let's just leave them together with the peers most likely to torture each other. Hell, hell. I always great. thought it was because they were trying to do their best job of taking this subset of children and preparing them to go for going to high school by giving them something in the middle of the two. It's kind of like elementary school. It's kind of like high school. It's your in-between step to get for both. I understand that that was their intent. <laughs> Especially since they called it middle school where I grew up, but woof. Yeah, so I've never seen hallways like this in any school, but then again, my schools were outdoors. Like all the classroom doors were outside. Oh, weird! Yeah, I, I know, love right? When I see that in movies. I have the exact same reaction when I see every class inside. I'm like, I wonder what that was like. Oh, this is what? Yeah, this is absolutely normal. I didn't question that at all. <laughs> I love the yellow lockers. There's such a good visual element. And it's so, it's funny because I don't believe this is a set. I believe they went to a school and filmed this, which means I, those cool yellow lockers are legit. I can definitely see that. So outside the store, what is that on the thing? Is that a microscope or is it a projector? I have the same question. I think it is a projector. It doesn't look like it could be a microscope because there's no place to put the slide. You know, like it's looking up. It's not looking down. So it's got to be some sort of projector. But, I mean, my school used a lot of what should have been obsolete technology but was not. Hi, overhead projectors. Enjoy. This is, I've never seen a projector like this, though. Me neither. I'm, I'm assuming that's what it is, but it is process of elimination. And I did have the question, is that? some sort of projector on the little step stool thing that he climbs up onto. So in this minute alone, I was wondering what was behind the store. Um, first of all, it looks like in the same, uh, it looks like the door to an insane asylum room. 
<laughs> where they can peer into the room through this little slit in the door. I originally had this note on the next minute, but I'll say it here. We had very similar, they were bigger than that, and they were vertical. Okay. So, but we always had the little window in the door, and it's got the wire mesh in it, so you can't break the, even if you broke the glass, it won't. Right. So, just with this minute alone, I was trying to use my ears and maybe get cues, behi- cues as to what was behind that door, and you can hear a piano plunking, so I was wondering at first if perhaps this was a music class of some sort. No, that's the, um, I love that creepy music cue that starts up here. Yeah, somebody's playing, learning to play the piano, but... No, see, I took that as soundtrack. Really? I, I took, took it that as, somebody as background music, that, that, that random, like, it's just enough, but you can't quite get it. I took it as a creepy music cue. I'm, I, I'm okay with going with that, yeah. And it's, like, kind of vibrating a little bit as he gets closer and closer, and it, it picks up as he gets closer to the door, and so I thought that, I took that as soundtrack, as, like, scene setting. We can definitely this. go with that, because I like that better than me thinking that the, that piano class plays all the way into the next few minutes and it annoys the heck out of me. No, <laughs> no, that is to let you know that, like, all is not well in the state of Denmark. Gotcha. Oh, it's so good. But I was bothered in this scene. All right, well, um, first, the good news I enjoy the way Bashian looks down at the book he's hiding before looking up at the door. Like, he's thinking, like, wait, I can't go through this door with this book like this. Right. And I'm just like, did you just now figure out how incredibly obvious that is? <laughs> um, but I was bothered. He puts down, was his bag always green? Yes, or greenish tan, I think, is, is looked, the color for it. It looked brown to me in that earlier. I didn't remember there being these... I remembered there being all these pockets, but I didn't remember the patches and the... It just... I guess it's because it's in different lighting, but I thought it was a different color, and it was really bugging me, but I was like, why would they have bought two different bags, you know? Why would you set yourself up for that continuity error? Right. Well, I'm blind as well as can't hear anything. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. (laughs) Well, that's all I have for this minute. I mean, that takes us right up to the end of the minute. I'm definitely interested in finding out what happens next. Well, if you would like to contact us and tell us to stop saying the word seduction in relation with Thomas Hill, (laughs) you can reach us on Facebook. (laughs) Search for The NeverEnding Minute. We have a Facebook page and a listener society. Uh, Where else can they find us, Thomas? Um, They can go to Twitter, and we can be found at NevNMin. That's N-E-V-E-N-D-M-I-N. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TheWookieLives. And what about you, Tierney? Oh, I am on the social media uh, at One Steel Sister, spelled out O N E S T W L E S I S T E R. Um, the other thing is, I post a lot about other Movies by Minutes podcasts. So if you like this podcast and have room in your heart slash podcast catcher for more, you can check out growlermedia.com. There's a couple others. Duelinggenre.com has several. And Movies by Minutes is the cat... Moviesbyminutes.com is the catch-all website, I believe. Yes. That's right. They're both plural. (laughs) Yes. Movies by Minutes. All right. That's what we are. Uh, Yet Star Wars Minute started it, and I think Pete from that keeps up the list of what is currently publishing or has finished 
publishing episodes. Definitely. You guys should be able to see us up there along with a ton of other movies that you can look for and listen to. So I'm looking forward to finding out tomorrow what's behind this door, but... That's another story. And it shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.